Welcome to the shit show. Okay, so currently, uh, I want to apologize for the episode being late today. Uh, that was my bad. I just wasn't feeling good yesterday. Kind of in my feelings. Uh, so that was me. Say she wasn't emotionally feeling well, and I still have the plague, so... Yeah, speaking of which, are you- do you have coronavirus? I do. I got- uh, Mason got it, and then we were basically just waiting for me to get it. And uh, it was funny, because I tested before I went to work on Tuesday night, because I work overnights. It was right. negative. And so I'm like, well, alright. I still felt kind of crappy. So, I freaking- but, like, and I tested, like, halfway through the night also, so, like, at 2 a.m. or something. And mm -hmm. I was like, man, I really feel like shit. So I was kind of worried that I had the flu. Which, right. you know, at least if I pass the flu, I'm a little less, like, I feel a little less bad because all of our residents have had their flu. Well, they've had all, all of them have had their flu shots and their COVID vaccines. But still, I'm more worried about giving somebody COVID because then their people can't come in. Right. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, man. And so it's like 2 a.m. and I take it. I'm still negative. So... I get on my app and make an appointment for like eight in the morning because I get off at seven. So I was like, it's fine. I'll come home real quick. I'll get some coffee in me to just be able to answer questions basically. Mm -hmm. And then I went in and they're like, well, we'll test you. She's like, but I'm pretty sure I know what you have. I was like, I have been negative twice today. Like once at like 10 o'clock last night and then also at 2 a.m. And she was like, when were you exposed? I'm like, well, he didn't test positive till Monday, but he's been having symptoms since Friday. She's like, yeah, you'll probably either test positive today or tomorrow. And I'm like, great. So yeah, I just got done working an eight and a half hour shift. I go to the doctor and I fucking Gross. test positive. And I was like, I mean, I wear my mask the whole time. We have N95s and everything. So like, I've still like, and I wash my hands. Like I'm not a fucking heathen. But I was just like, why couldn't I have tested positive before and not exposed all of my residents? Because now right. anybody that I was around or, like, you know, helped yesterday or that day, they had to, like, go test. And I felt bad. Well, I mean, you had to wear a mask, though, right? Yeah, I was wearing my N95, but, like, my residents don't have to because it's their home, you know. I mean, logically, right. that makes sense to me. But, yeah. I was like, fuck. Well, hopefully they'll be okay. So if you guys could just keep um, Kate in your thoughts so that she can get over the Rona. I had both vaccines, but I had them in January and February of last year. So I didn't really... uh it was time for my booster and every time I tried to go get the booster like one of my kids got sick so I was like I'm not doing it around the kids because I don't want to then get what they had so it was definitely time for my booster but regardless like right now it's just like a really irritating cold well that's good it's kind of like having a sinus infection mixed with like the common cold and then a migraine because I have I suffer from migraines so Fine. Yeah. So I at least am on the like lower end of it, which I'm totally cool with. But like Mason had thrown up 
And that was when I called, I got him an appointment because I'm like, you don't throw up. Like, that's weird. And so that's why he got tested and how we found out. And we were so pissed. He was like, how the fuck? I wear my mask at work. And I'm like, because your customers don't. Because people are dicks. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) And we think. I love fucking people, man. Well, we think the baby has it too. But luckily, I was pregnant when I got the vaccine. So she and she's been tested because they asked if I minded her being kind of like part of a study to see like if the babies had it from pregnant women who got it and she had the antibodies at her six month appointment so hers has been just like an irritating cold as well Aww. so but hey she's not gonna die <laughs> that's true yes <laughs> his mommy got it while she was in her it just sucks like <sighs> that people aren't still taking this whole like thing seriously or saying that they're trying to kill us off with the vaccine that made me laugh yeah i mean but i also can understand why people don't want to get the vaccine like i understand it but like i guess from my perspective is what's the worst that's gonna happen you're gonna maybe still get it but not die unless you have like allergies to what's in it like which i totally get at that point like a friend of mine she doesn't get a lot of vaccines because she had, like, partial paralysis when she got, I think it was the Gardasil one or something. I can't remember which one it was, but it was, like, one that used to be required for schools. I don't know. And so, like, her being nervous about vaccines totally makes sense. But she still got the COVID vaccine. Well, and, you know, another thing that is coming out of this that's really irritating and like I know it's stupid to be irritated about this <laughs> um but uh so my kids school is doing like the vaccine thing like you can mm. go and get the vaccine from them or whatever but I get a va- I get it every day like yeah. I get a notification every day they're like we got the clinic open I'm like I know you sent the hours yesterday it's like thanks yeah no I can get that I'm like, okay. Like, well, like my son, he doesn't have any symptoms. We've tested him. He's negative. So, like, he was still able to go back to school. See, I don't know if I agree with that, though, because, like, just because he's testing negative doesn't well, that mean was that he's not me. carrying it, you know? But, like, it wasn't going to be an excused absence because he was negative. What? Like, yeah, it was. A but whole everybody lot. in his house has COVID. Don't you think it would be better if you were like, you know what? Let him stay home. That's what I thought. But I was like, you know what? I'm not going to argue like it. I'm just not going to do that to my kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's so weird. I know. I was like, what? Because like, OK, so here um, back in the spring when I was doing my first internship at the elementary school. Um, the, uh, the county that I was doing my internship for, I came in late one day and they were like, Hey, is everything okay? And I was like, yeah, I had to go pick up my son from school because he vomited in school. Um, he has GERD. Oh, so like, that's painful. So sometimes it just happens. Like it's not. You know, like, if he ate too much of, like, red sauce or 
something spicy like it makes it it doesn't agree with him and it makes him sick i feel you um but (laughs) my internship school was like yeah you have to get him tested for covid and you can't come back until he's clear and i was like what I was like, but it's not COVID. <laughs> so. Yeah, I love that. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> but and then like and then so another annoying thing about COVID, and then we'll get into the story because like I'm sure people can relate with this. So I have chronic ear infections. Oh, I've had them since I was a kid. They're fewer and far between as an adult, but I still do get them and they knock me down, right? Like I, they fuck me up. So I went to New York last summer because that's where I'm from. Yeah. And (laughs) I just love the way you said because that's where I'm from. Uh, I love Buffalo. I want to move back. But anyway, um, so I... The day before we were supposed to drive back, because it's a 10-hour drive for me, y'all. Um, I started to not feel very good. And I was like, ugh. And like, it, 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 it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't, like, great either. And I told my mom, I'm like, look, you know, I've got a fever. I'm not feeling good. Like, I don't know what's going on. Now, mind you, our family reunion was the day before. So, of course, my mom is like, oh, my God, we got to take you to the doctor and make sure it's not COVID because we're traveling back to Virginia with your grandparents. I mean, that's fair. I get that. Yeah. But I'm like, Mom, I'm telling you, it's not COVID. I'm like, it, I my know mom. this. <laughs> I know this pain. I know how I'm, I'm telling you. I think it's an ear infection. And she was like, oh. And I was like, so, but we'll go to the doctor anyway. So... I get to the doctor's office and within just that small like amount of time just between her convincing me to go to like urgent care and actually going to urgent care I started to feel so much worse and the pressure in my head was like excruciating. So when the doctor came in I was he was like so what's going on I'm like I have an ear infection. Like I told him right off the bat I'm like I have an ear infection. I know I do. Like can we just and he was like, well, how do you know it's not COVID? And I wanted to be like, and I was like, uh, because it's not. Because I fucking know that's how. And he was like, well, have you tested negative? And I was like, well, no. It's part of the reason why I'm here to be safe. I said, but I'm telling you, it's not COVID. It's an ear infection. So they look at my ears and they're like, oh, yeah, both of your ears are infected. You're like. <laughs> I'll be damned. No way. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, but you still should get a a, a COVID test. (laughs) I was like, it's not COVID. (laughs) But I got a COVID test anyway. And my mom was like, oh, you you handled that pretty well considering. And I was like, look, I just wanted to get the fuck out of there and get my antibiotics. Like, honestly, that's all I cared about. But when I got my negative COVID test result the next day, my mom's like, you know what? I'm half tempted to drive to that urgent care and shove it in that doctor's face and tell him the next time one of his patients tells him that he knows what it is, he should just shut the fuck up. That's hilarious. <laughs> and I was like, right? <laughs> well, like, And like, don't get me wrong. I totally get why they want to be careful because like, 
you know, they've got to make sure that everything's okay and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I don't know, man. I It just cracks me up. I'm, I'm, just, I'm ready to have some semblance of a life again. You know what I mean? Okay. I get that. Like, I'm just, I'm ready for this to be over and done with. I am ready for... Like, am I hardcore ready for this shit to be done? Yes. But do I also understand that, like, why we are where we are? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, definitely. And am I irritated um, as fuck? Also, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I am over it. I say, I know you feel the same way. So, like, I get it. I feel you. And the worst part is, it wouldn't be so bad if people weren't so gross. Yeah. Like, the fact that people were like, I didn't know you had to wash your hands for, like, at least a minute. And I'm like, what were you doing? Alright, listen, this is what I learned when I was, when I was in school to be a CNA. Saying happy birthday. Yep. That's how long you should wash your hands. Yep. Sing it out loud or in your head, but sing happy birthday every time you wash your hands. And that is what... Uh, now, mind you, the way that they make you do all the paper towels is super wasteful. So I may or may not actually do that part, but... Oh, where you're not supposed to touch the... No, um, you're supposed to use one paper towel to go down on one side, one paper to down, towel to go down on the other side, and then one to turn off the... Another dry one to turn off the, um... I can't even think. Uh, like, the faucets and everything. Faucet, yeah. <laughs> like, eventually, I'm like, motherfuck. I'm trying not to kill a tree, guys. But that's, that's, in, that's the new COVID policy, right? That's not... No, that was when I was going for... Back in 2017. Oh, okay. Well, they changed it a little because, like, I was just told to use a paper towel to wipe off your hands and your arms and then use that same paper towel to turn off the faucet. Basically, you're not supposed to touch the faucet. Yeah, which, like, I get. Which makes sense. Yes. But, yeah, I was just like, Jesus Christ. It was something. Ugh. Gotta love it, though. Yep. So, Alrighty. tell us what our story is today. So now that we've we've had our moment, guys. <laughs> Sorry yeah. for the rant. Um, so today we are talking about what they call the voodoo murders. Um, and this happened back in the 1900s. That sounds real fucking weird. But it was the early 1900s. Um, and it was with a woman named Clementine Barnabet. So she was born in 1894. So when this stuff started taking place, she was only 17. So I want you guys to just think about that for a minute. She's only 17 years old. So to me, that's already like, well, damn. And, you know, usually when we think of serial killers, let's be honest, we all think of white men in their 30s. Because for some reason, that's like a thing. I don't know why, but it's a thing. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Us, us chickens just can't seem to figure it out. I don't know. Right. You know, at least in America, you know, we, we have seen quite a few like others in other places, but America, it's white men in their 30s. Um, so 
they do say that she was born um, in St. Martinville, Louisiana. Her parents were Nina Porter and Raymond Barnabet. She did have three brothers, but they only really ever talk about this one brother named Zephyrin. Um, they don't like nobody mentions her other brother's names. My guess is they were older and like had already moved away. Um, she did supposedly come from an abusive family where her father would cheat on her mother and he was just kind of an all around asshole. Like he would take it out, take his abuse out on his family, all this shit. Um, but in, like that. Oh, you know, I'm not saying that it's an excuse, but, <laughs> um, but fuck that guy. Cause he sounds like, he sounds like a piece of shit. Um, and it says in 1909, they moved to Lafayette. So, on a couple different articles, they they were saying that they think um, most of the murders that they're, like, really attributing to um, her were, like, between 1911 and 1912. But there was one that was semi-similar, only in that the family was killed in their home and there was no apparent, like, cause. Or, like, no apparent, like, break-in or anything in 1909, which is around the time they moved. But they've never been, like, conclusively linked to this. So, we're just gonna go with the ones... That started in 1911. And that's more just because, to me, like, that's the one that I found on a pretty, like, clear basis. Like, the 1909 was mentioned in, like, two articles. So, it's late January in 1911. And the police are called to a home of a man and woman and a child. And they were in their home, obviously murdered. With their, like, their head was split open because they had been murdered with axe, with an axe. So, oh, damn. Yeah. Okay. It, it's like Lizzie Borden all over again, except it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, her or the maid or God knows who. That's right. a whole story, though. So, but the crazy thing was the bed, the doors were all locked. So the, it, the killer had at least come in through a win, like, had probably come in through a window. Which I'm not sure if like th they even could lock them back then. To be honest, I don't know much about architecture in the 1900s, like the early 1900s. But you know, and another thing that's crazy is that there was a bucket of blood in one corner, and at the head of the bed, just above a bashed-in body, stood the bloodied axe. So they left the murder weapon, and there's also just a bucket of blood just chilling. Jesus, <laughs> just have a bath. Like, hear it. This fan. And when the papers wrote about this, um, they called it being brained with an axe. And all of the families that were killed were all African American, which the only reason that they think anybody really, like, looked into these at the time is because of the viciousness. So, like, mm -hmm. normally, you know, that time... Be like, oh, black family was murdered? Okay. But because of how, like, brutal it was, they actually really were like, okay, we're, let's take a look at this. Right. Um, so, that, that first murder was Walter Byers, his wife, and their son, and they, and that was in Crowley, Louisiana. Um... And then about four weeks later, on February 25th, um, the Andrus family in Lafayette, Louisiana, were also killed in the exact same manner. And this is when police were like, okay, 
maybe these are done by the same person or group of people, you know, kind of like, well, interesting. But then all the way over in San Antonio, Texas, um, a couple and their three children. So Alfred Elizabeth Cassaway and their three children were murdered in the same way. So we've got three families that are now, um, you know, killed in the exact same way. And the police are like, okay, we got to figure this out. So originally they were looking at her father because he was petty criminal and sharecropper in Lafayette, who they say lived in the back part of town, which basically is like another way of saying of like the poor part, you know, I was going to ask that. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> I know I was laughing so hard. I had to look it up. I was like, the fuck? Cause like, that's kind of what I assumed like, or like, you know, the wrong side of the tracks or whatever. But I was like, what the fuck does that mean? So here's why this guy got arrested though. And this cracks me up. I don't know why, but this just cracks me up. So it said he was arrested based on suspicions from his mistress after a fight that they had had. She was complaining about him to a friend and suggested the, a possible connection to the murderers. I was like, okay. Like what? You're mad at him. So you're just like, yeah, fuck you, bro. You might have murdered I, these people. I mean, I guess. Like, oh, hell hath nothing worse than a woman scorned, my guys. Just remember. Gosh. So, he had a trial that started in October of 1911, where both Zephyrin and Clementine testified against their father, where um, they said that he did come home one night with blood on his clothes as he, would threaten, as he threatened the family, which is a very common occurrence except for the blood part. Um, Zephyrin confirmed that story and added that the father bragged to th that he killed the whole damn Andrus family. Both children say that they feared for their life if their father was free. Mind you, I don't know if they were using this as just a way to get away from him because, like, obviously he very much was, like, an abusive person. Right. <laughs> like, at the same time, like, maybe he did say that, but it could have been, you know, him just being drunk or some shit. I don't know. But while he was in jail, another murder took place on November 26 of 1911 when Norbert Randall, his wife, their three children, and nephew were all murdered in Lafayette in the same fashion. But while the rest of the family was attacked with an axe, Norbert was shot in the head. So now there was just a little bit of a difference, but I'm not sure if that was more because of the amount of people. Because, like, the amount of people is getting, you know, significantly more each time. So eventually I feel like maybe an axe wouldn't, <laughs> sorry for this pun, the axe wouldn't cut it when there's that many people. And I did not mean to make that, but that's what was coming out of my mouth. <laughs> pun not intended. <laughs> she I, meant it. She meant it. Don't, don't let her lie to you. I was just like, God damn it. This is happening. All right. So now that they were like, okay, well, fuck. Somebody else committed this murder, so it can't be him. So... They then decided to look at his children because they're the ones who said that, like, hey, dad did this, you know. And it said the sheriff, um, Louis Lacoste, or Lacoste, I'm not super sure how you say his name, decided to arrest them. And his suspicions stemmed um, in part from the fact that they had bad reputations around town. Um, because, like, during their dad's trial, neighbors... Um, the Stevens family described them as filthy, shifty, degenerate. Okay. Right. 
And um, when the police came to the residence to arrest the dad, um, it said blood from the Andrus murders had been discovered on Clementine's clothes. She testified during her father's trials that he wiped the blood there, but the sheriff wasn't so sure. But, like, I mean, to be fair, like, if he did come home covered in blood, it would not surprise me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but when they arrested her and her brother, they searched the home and they found some more evidence. Um, on November 28th, 1911, there was a complete suit of women's clothes in her room, and it says saturated with blood and covered with human brains. Ooh, oh my god okay my question is how do you know that exactly because like let's be real forensics were not that great back then well yeah and, okay i understand the blood obviously but right the brain, yeah the, i'm like how do you know that part like the blood fair enough but like they did say her dad was a sharecropper so that means they have farm animals so it I don't could be animal wonder, brain yeah i'd almost wonder if you know like you know what i mean yeah like it was like a sheep or or a pig or something because like yeah. I'm not, again i don't know there wasn't a lot of information about what they like what the kids did around the house or like how they even really lived but you know that's just one of those things that i'm like y'all this was 1911 i don't think y'all knew that like vaginas existed except for the fact that babies came out of them so I was going to say, I they probably didn't know clitorises were a thing. So. Right. Um, it says that there was that, but there was also a latch on their door that was covered in blood. Um, her brother Zephyrin did provide an alibi for the night of the mur murders, but Clementine had none, and so she was taken to jail. But then the murders still didn't stop. So in January of 1912, three more families were murdered. Um, the... Th so, it, first, it was Felix Broussard, his wife, and their three children, killed in Lake Charles, Louisiana. And it says the killer or killers splayed their victims' hands apart with pieces of wood and left handwritten messages on the wall. So, ooh, excuse me. Some sources say messages were written in blood, but others say pencil. But regardless, it said, when he maketh the inquisition for blood... He forgetteth not the cry of the humble, which is a version of Psalm 912 in the King James's Bible. And message was signed Human 5. Um, so the number in the signature led police to think that a band of murderers was at work, but it also lent the group a nickname picked up by the press, the Human 5 Gang, which so, so inventive, guys. You could have just said it was the Human 5 and left it at that. Right. But that's such a weird, the human five. Like, what? But here's the funny thing. So, of course, newspapers went crazy. And they were like, and they went, decided that it had to be, um, connect, these murders had to be connected to a, to a voodoo ritual. One of the first to take the angle was the El Paso Gazette, published a, uh, published a story on the Broussard murders titled, Voodoo's Horrors Break Out Again. So it said that these crimes were connected to a human sacrifice that took place as part of a voodoo ritual and emphasized that the idea of the number five is somehow having realist, ritualistic relevance, which is not true. It's actually the number seven to the number three, but you know, go you, you do you boo. Right. <laughs> but that's okay. 
And it says, two months ago, six members of the Wexford family perished at the hands of fanatics, but one was an infant that had been born only the day before the tragedy and in all probability had not been taken into consideration when the plans for the human sacrifice were <laughs> consummated, which cracks me up. I don't know why that word makes me laugh, like, when they use it in that context, but okay. Consummated? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Now comes the Broussard tragedy with its five victims, thus completing a series sacrifice of five separate families, each evidently intended to have involved five victims. The numbers were not entirely accurate because the, the victim counts in particular family typically ranged from four to six, but hey, do you, boo. Um, it was one of many to run with the voodoo angle. Um, several local papers were also printing the possibility of the murders being connected to voodoo. And then around the same time, rumors were swirling that Clementine was the leader of some kind of cult called the Church of Sacrifice, which was supposedly led by one Reverend King Harris, who is a Pentecostal revival preacher with a small congregation connected to the Christ-sanctified Holy Church. Police That's nice and ominous. <laughs> right? Police took Harris in for interrogation after rumors of religious involvement ran rampant, but the Reverend had never heard of a Church of Sacrifice, and was visibly shaken to think that his sermons could have possibly inspired a series of bloody axe murders. Um, said eventually investigators would at least get some answers. April 5th of 1912, Clementine made a full confession, admitting to 17 murders. She Jesus. claimed, But just wait. She claimed to have bought a voodoo charm meant to protect her while committing her crimes, and said that she and her accomplices drew lots to see who would commit the murders. She also said that she disguised herself as a man to lurk unnoticed at night. Um, they said uh, another uh, newspaper called the Daily Pickany, I'm going to guess is how you say it. P-I-C-A-Y-U-N-E. Um, noted that she declared she killed the children because she did not wish to leave them orphans in the world. And her motives for the crimes, however, were left unclear. Another paper had printed her full con confession and added at the end, Clementine's confession has been received with varying shades of belief owing to the positive way she swore in the trial of her father and the misleading information she has given as to her accomplice uh, accomplices. So she would change it kind of like here and there, but mm. you know, it, it was one of those originally she testified in court that her father was a dangerous man behind the murders, but they kept hap happening she gave names for her accomplices, but when sheriff the sheriff had investigated, they went nowhere. Several arrests were made, but the search for the rest of the Human Five gang was at a dead end. The district attorney, Howard Bruner, theorized that some of these murders were copycat crimes, but he did believe that Clementine was a moral pervert who was guilty of everything she confessed to. I'm sorry. Right. No, I had to laugh. <laughs> Moral pervert? <laughs> Bruh. Night. I, I know. I was like... I guess I would be a moral pervert because my morals are awful. Oh, I was dying. I was like, okay, that's a, that's a hell of a way to explain it. Um. So, Federal Writers Project in 1942 did summarize the court records for her trial. Um, but it definitely says there was a lot of great deal of public confusion regarding the details of the case at the time. 
Um, so it says, for one thing, there was probably a never, never a church of sacrifice, as the papers had said. Um, Reverend Harris had preached in Lafayette on the night of the Randall murders, but was otherwise uninvolved. Um, and so, so many people were so confused on whether or not the church existed, um, the sacrifice church existed, and whether or not it was actually established by Harris's sanctified church. And there were so many of the arrests that just went nowhere that people were like, what the hell? And they said that it is possible that the words of sanctify and sanctified were confused with sacrifice after the voodoo cult rumors spread. And then that mission information was spread from there. But of course, voodoo, da whenever somebody throws out something like that, you know, damage is done. Right. The Lafayette population was willing enough to place the blame on a nebulous voodoo priestess committing murder while leading a sacrificial sect. It didn't help that Clementine had named a voodoo priest who had given the invincibility charm to her, Joseph Thibodeau. She said he also gave her the ideas for the crime, but Thibodeau swore that he had never that had never happened and that far from being a voodoo priest, he simply engaged in root-based medicine. Which, of course, you know, that always goes great for people. Well, like, I, th I feel like this is another one of those cases where it's like Salem witch trials yep. type of thing. You know, like, people are trying to find natural remedies for shit. And they're like, oh, you're a witch. Oh, you know, like, oh, I yeah. feel like that's. And then it definitely said, despite investigators suspicions regarding her confessions, the stories about her continued to circulate. Bruner officially filed charges against her on April 14th of 1912, and while she sat in jail, she had confessed to a total of 35 murders, but kept retelling her story with differing details that made it hard to know the truth. Her defense attorneys claimed she was insane, but she did stand trial and was sentenced to life at the Louisiana Penitentiary at the age of 19. She did attempt to an escape on July 31st of 1913, but was caught the same day. Um, despite her escape attempt, she was considered a model prison prisoner. Um, she didn't serve very long, though. Um, she received a some sort of procedure that supposedly restored her to normal condition, but it is not thought to be a lobotomy because um, those weren't popular yet. Nor I don't I don't think they were even really a thing yet. Um, so the what the, whatever this procedure was, they don't know what it was. Um, but it allowed her to be released on good behavior after serving 10 years. After that, she just disappears. So she I, confesses to killing 30 plus people. Never like, but the in, it's always incorrect. Like none, none of it's ever in the same way. I know, but like she confesses to killing 30 people and in 10 years they're like, nah, you're fine. <laughs> right? So... It says there's like a whole thing of like, okay, so what was actually real? They right. say evidence found in her room, such as like the brain matter on her clothes, um, do suggest that she did commit some of these murders, but maybe not all of them. But again, like I said, you could even say, how did they know it was really human? Like, I don't even know if they had a way to test that back in the day. I really don't. Like, I feel like it was a guess yeah. at that point. You know, they were like, well, it kind of looks human. Right. And there's a history professor from the University of Louisiana, Monroe, um, who says that he thinks either Clementine or even somebody in her house did perform a majority of the murders. But 
all of her confessions are so contradictory that they don't think that she could have committed all of them that she says she did. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's like, you know, the questions of the accomplices. Was it actually part of a voodoo cult? Anything like that. But here's what, here's my thing. The only thing that was ever like consistent throughout all of that was her brother, Zephyrin. So mm -hmm. Zephyrin corroborated her story about her dad. He had an alibi, but she didn't. And he's the only brother that's ever mentioned, like, at all when you research her. If anything, I think she either committed them with her brother or lied for him. I mean, it could be either. You know, as a... We've talked about, you know, siblings before, like, sticking together and stuff. And, like, maybe she felt the need to protect him in some way. So yeah. she tried to, like, cover for him. I mean, that's entirely possible. And it's like, or even that her her dad did commit some of them. And maybe he made her brother go with him and then was, like did something said like if he got out like he'd kill everybody if the brother didn't like commit one to make it look like he didn't kill it you know what i mean like or if like if they if they tried to tell the truth that he would come out and kill them you know right so it's just like hmm yeah that makes sense but because like some just like the fact that she can't even like tell you exactly who it is or like has all these different stories it just doesn't feel like. Well, when you tell the truth, it's easy to remember the details because you're not making anything up. It is what it is. But when you lie, right. it's harder to remember the details because it's not what happened. And so it's very easy to mix up like small details and stuff like that. So like her having so many inconsistencies tells me that she's lying. Yeah, and then they also say, like, the fact that she was released tells, like, is, like, kind of makes it seem like the police didn't believe that either she did it either, or, like, they just didn't believe her story, or at least how it happened, so, like, they didn't feel like she needed to be locked up, kind of a thing. Right. Because, like, otherwise, why would you fucking release her after ten years from some magic? That cracks me up, though, because obviously she had a little bit going on. Right, wrong. like, I'm not got something going on. But, and for her to be like, yeah. again, this is another case where I think, again, because it's the age that it is, obviously, it wouldn't have helped too much. But this oh, yeah. is another one that needed, like, mental health help, you know? But, but um, I feel like maybe jail was probably the better option for her back then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm going to say this is the one time I'm like, no, jail was good. Jail's fine. They used to pack them in, like, sardines in the mental health hospitals in this era. Yeah. So yeah, I'm over here like, no, no, that's fine. That's fine. But, and I can't even say like, well now in today's age, she'd been better because I can't even say that it's, it's shameful, <laughs> but it's better. Yeah. Not great, but it's better. So that was pretty interesting. I thought so. I mean, it's not like anything like, oh my god. But, I mean, it's still cool. 
yeah, it's it's a it's a very interesting story. Um And like I looked at her picture and she seems like a like I don't she, she seems like a normal vibe kind of person. Yeah, like, like I really I, feel like if anything she was like coerced into helping if she did. You know what I mean? Or at the very least just coerced into helping them cover it up. Yeah. And they lied to her about the details, which is why she was like her her details were all over the place. I don't know. It's just a thought. Yeah. Um So yeah. Uh that's all we have for you guys today. Um I don't know what I'm recording next week. I'm curious what you guys think, to be honest. Yes. If you guys can interact more on the Instagram, that'd be great. Uh, <laughs> that'd be cool. That'd be that'd cool. Be cool. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Uh, just so that we can get some idea of like if there's stories you guys want to hear, if there's anything that you guys think we do too much of, like the squirreling off. Although Which I can't lie to you, if you told us that we squirrel off too much, I'd be like, sorry. Be like, <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. But I don't think we could change that necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> We'd literally have to have somebody sitting here with us being like, no, no, no. Yeah, I, I, we'd have to have another person be able to steer back the conversation. Which so, I don't think that's going to happen, guys. No, no. Um, but yeah, any kind of feedback or stories you guys want to hear would be great. Because like, honestly, like... The list of cases I want to do is pretty long. So. I mean, same though. But I mean, if you guys have a suggestion, I, I'll do the suggestion before I attack my list. Because like, I'm always like, like when I watch true crime documentaries or I watch series of true crime documentaries, like I'm always like, I always I have a note, the note app on my phone. I'm always putting names in there. Ditto. So, um... I have a lot to choose from. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay. So, as always, if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love anybody else? Can I get an amen? Amen. All right, y'all. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.